0: Hello everyone. Welcome to hardcore football. I'm your host Phil Bakki. I'm joined as always by my co-host Mika Burrell. Mika, what's going on?
1: What's up? Like I was just saying before we started recording, there's just so much football, like tons. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing,
0: right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, I think we're going to explore that notion here in a little (laughs) bit, especially talking about the Premier League. Uh, Goals galore uh, in in some of these games. Um, But yeah, it was it was a big weekend and there was I just feel like there's a lot of and maybe we're just reaching that kind of midway point of the season where the narratives are really just growing and kind of gaining momentum all their own.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, now that pretty much a third of the season's gone in most of the leagues now in Europe, yeah, I mean, you're seeing who's who's for real, who's stumbling, who's wobbling, <laughs> um, and above all of that mess, Liverpool are still destroying people and looking like <laughs> they might wrap the title up pretty soon.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess we may as well just like lead r- right in to Premier League, uh we've got like tons more to talk down the road La Liga Bundesliga Serie A Liga Un they all had big 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 weekends um but i guess i mean the first game of the weekend that early that early time slot that that Klopp really hates uh <laughs> proved quite quite fruitful for Liverpool um the 7-0 win over crystal palace it's a massive margin of victory and in fact um the largest margin of victory in the top flight for Liverpool since they defeated Crystal Palace 9-0 in 1989 um yeah big big win Ian Wright actually Jesus. played for Palace at that at that time um Oh so that
1: was a while back then. Yeah
0: <laughs> but the 7-0 um huge scoreline and like you said Liverpool I think in this one everyone would have like been forgiven for thinking that this would be a tricky fixture for Liverpool, but it was just deadly and, and they were on top for most of the game and palace palace though, did like miss a couple of chances early to maybe give themselves a shot at this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like crystal palace didn't have chances, especially in the first half. I just think that, um, You know, Jordan Ayu in particular seemed very indecisive when he got into the box, whether with with some of his um, shooting or just his lack of of composure and and correct decision making. I guess you could say there was another chance where I think he had Zaha kind of, you know, easy square ball. He could have played and just doesn't. Um, And. Yeah, it was just a clinic, though, from Liverpool's attackers. And, you know, maybe this is a weird opinion considering that the scoreline is 7 0, but um, I feel like with at least three or four of these goals, there's not much I felt that Crystal Palace could do about it. I mean, the one that I think about is the Jordan Henderson goal. Mm-hmm. What What's Gaita meant to do with that? You know, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Crystal Palace aren't a bad team like I've I've said before on the podcast I think that Roy Hodgson gets a lot of like he's just looked over I think and kind of disrespected I feel and and you know there are a lot of bad teams in the Premier League and Crystal Palace I think they're 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 fine they're fine I think this is one of those results you kind of just have to move along <laughs> like don't yeah. even think about it kind of <laughs> like Liverpool Aston Villa earlier in the season sure just one of those freak ones or Southampton Leicester you know those weird weird Score lines that I don't think really say a whole lot, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And I think last week we spoke about Liverpool's result against Fulham being much more about Fulham than it was about Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think often in these drubbings, it's made out to... The narrative surrounds the team that gets beat. But I think as much as the Fulham result was down to Fulham playing well... This this Liverpool defeat of Crystal Palace is strictly down to Liverpool and not really down to Crystal Palace playing poorly, as you said. It's yeah. not it's not down to a bunch of defensive errors or anything like that. I think maybe Salah's first off of because it was from a, a corner, mm-hmm. Matip wins the first header. You could maybe have some criticism around that, but otherwise, there's really not much they can do when when the shot placements all eight or sorry, all seven of the goals were placed, and all eight of Liverpool's shots on target were placed in the corners. There was not yeah, a single, yeah. like, middle <laughs>
1: exactly. middle
0: shot. Yeah, Gaita had a brilliant game out last time against Spurs. I think we may have shouted him out last week, too. He is just absolutely at sea in this one, can do nothing about most of the goals. Um, the The procession of scores is... I think timely in a lot of ways for Liverpool Takumi Minamino gets his first Premier League goal which is is big for him I think and is in a rare start Sadio Mane scores his first in 10 games mm-hmm. Firmino gets a brace on having just scored the winner against Tottenham Jordan Henderson like adds his odd goal and then Sala adds his 12th and 13th of the season to go uh top of the the golden boot race so Every single goal scorer, it felt like just added to this like maybe moment that Liverpool is in and and maybe gives Mm -hmm. them that little bit of confidence back where Mane was in a drought. Minamino wasn't really contributing as much. Firmino was getting his goal scoring questioned. And now all those woes in one just absolute crazy goal scoring extravaganza are kind of wiped out a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually, a, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, they do address a lot of the, um, I guess, attacking questions people have. And I often see, you know, I'm not real deep into Liverpool Twitter or anything, but it just feels like there's a lot of different factions within <laughs> some online Liverpool fans about, you know. Big
0: time. Team
1: Salah, only Sala, I guess now it's called. Mane, um, <laughs> you know, the Firmino folks, like everyone kind of, has their guys, you know, and for them to all show up on the score sheet at once is is nice. I think, you know, you're just spoiled for choice in attack in Liverpool. So
0: I do, I do want to give a a brief moment to, to Bobby for um, the couple of goals. One, both, both are brilliant in their own way. Um, But the first in particular, I love because it is, a Bobby Firmino goal in the sense that he picks the ball up in his own half and sprays a pass out to Andy Robertson and then makes his way into the area and Robertson crosses it to him. Mm -hmm. Very deft touch with the outside of the left to transfer it to his right and play it with the outside of his right. Um, Just lovely bit of skill, but it was, he picked it up deep, advanced the ball out wide and then ends up on the end of it, which is kind of the prototypical, I guess, system goal um, yeah. with the yeah. false nine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just a uh, you know a good day out for Liverpool, building on top of uh, you know a big win from against Spurs. So they they keep marching on.
0: Um, unfortunately, as far as hardcore football hosts go we kind of come immediately down to earth uh as yeah. the next the next big game of the weekend was was the other liverpool side everton um downing arsenal 2-1 and the questions just continuing to mount around arteta you had a pretty impassioned rant last time out uh, <laughs> uh, about the lack of ideas and and all of that again one of those kind of weird performances from Arsenal where it's, it's not God awful. It's not completely when you're watching it, you can see that there is quality in the side and you can see that there's something there, mm-hmm. but just the two shots on target and Katia kind of whiffs a pretty, pretty massive chance early on. And yeah. just all around, it seems like some of the, it's more so a feeling around Arsenal, maybe the same way that Liverpool were feeling themselves at palace and just able to exploit that arsenal seem kind of exactly the opposite where they're, they don't trust themselves right now.
1: Yeah. Listen, it's I had my rant last time out, but honestly with, you know, having spoken to other arsenal fans and just reading all the think pieces and listening to all the podcasts, it's almost boring now just how bad arsenal are. Um, you know, to be fair to Mikel Arteta, he did change the side. Some of those changes were enforced because we get our seventh red card in like a very short space of time with Gabriel Magalhães seeing red last time out. So, you know, I think, you know, you gotta, I guess you have to give Arteta a little bit of credit for trying to change it. He brings in, in um, you know, there's no above yang. With the calf strain, um, and then he brings on A- Ainsley Maitland-Niles, wh- who I think ha- played very well. Probably our best player, and probably should stay in the side in place of Hector Bellerin. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just all the same issues week in, week out: lack of creativity, crossing <laughs> to no one in particular, <laughs> players not taking their chances when they have them. You spoke about Inquietia, and I want I want Eddie to watch Firmino's first. And Liverpool's third, and mm-hmm. that's how you take a touch in the box. Maybe not with the outside of the boot. Like he's not that <laughs> saucy, but you know, he had time to take a touch for that chance, and he just yeah. kind of just no composure in the moment. Um yeah, it's it's the you know, and Everton weren't even particularly good. Like I'm and I really don't mean that to be disrespectful. It's just they didn't have to do anything special to to beat us, you know, the right. The first goal is, you know, just not us not closing down, no pressure on the ball. Um, and mm-hmm. able to just swing that into to, to Calvert Lewin, which you know he's going to do that, and and yeah. maybe Rob Holding's a little unlucky there for the deflection. But either way, yeah, we put ourselves in 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 that position.
0: I, um, and I, then I do want to, I don't want to like send you over the edge here, maybe, but uh, <laughs> the the player closest to a Awobi is William. um. And that's, you know,
1: is 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 he a player or <laughs> I mean, I don't even is he even a football player anymore? Willian was disgraceful. Just yeah. he woke up a little bit in the second half, I think, because somebody must have cussed him out at halftime. I don't know. But in the first yeah. half, I mean, just jogging around. No fucks given. Doesn't care about the badge. Doesn't care about the club is just here to collect a retirement check. And, and you know, <laughs> Awful, awful stuff. Well, I
0: mean, and it Um, is I mean, second second player to kind of make that journey across London um in recent in recent years and to mix we'll say mixed reviews.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean David Luis is he uh you know an imperious defender, a perfect player? No, but Arsenal fans will give you a chance if you show that you can do your job. And at times he's done his job and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Willian has done absolutely nothing. True. Um, and it's almost laughable now when you see him on, on the team sheet week in week out, it almost feels like he's almost feels like our is being forced to play him. Like in the same way, he's probably being forced to drop Ozo. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and you know, I just want to say last time out, I, I, was upset and I suggested, you know, Mikel Arteta should probably go if things don't get better before Christmas, Christmas is this week. Um Things are not better. <laughs> we have a Carabao cup fixture against city and then Chelsea in the league. Um, I don't know that I necessarily feel the same way just because, I mean, what do we do then if we sack Mikel Arteta, you know, do we start all over again mm-hmm. with the internal changes? I mean, granted, if it, comes where we're actually in a relegation fight obviously you have to make the change but i do think there are teams at least four or five teams worse than us mm-hmm. um so you know do we do that or do we give him some time to, to get things right and to see if the club will actually back him especially with you know january coming up which will be tricky but i don't know um there will be a lot of squad churn a lot of contracts expiring things like that we'll see if it gets better there but it's just uh more of the same <laughs> at arsenal
0: well That uh, actually leads into one of our questions from Luis Aguilar, um, just asking with news that the Arsenal board is backing Arteta for the January window, what player would you like to see in or think that we need? Luis, obviously, a member of the Border Cannons, I believe. Yes. Shout out, Luis. (laughs)
1: It's a good question. Um, Obviously, everyone knows we need some kind of creative midfielder. Um, I. I really don't, I think Ozil has played his last game for Arsenal. So someone in that mold, not necessarily like a languid 10 or anything, but just someone creative, someone who can do, you know, pass the ball, a through ball, like I miss through balls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for who, I mean, this is a crazy shout. But I just love this player. I mean, seeing what's going on with Papu Gomez at Atalanta, like I would take him. Yeah. I really would. He's he's physical, but also creative. I mean, he was set as a cis leader last season, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So still very useful. Um I I I can definitely see people cringing at that, saying, you know, that's another short term signing. Right. Uh he's the wrong age profile. I get that but it's January. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. know who you're not getting a Nabu Fakir or a Husamawa or someone like that right. in January. So that's my answer. Just in the circumstances, he's the one that just really comes to my mind first as just someone available and someone creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but who we actually get is, uh, I don't know, maybe we look internally in the Academy or something.
0: Yeah. Cause who would, who would Arsenal fans like to see? And I think the answer is resoundingly Husamawa. Um, mm-hmm. Who's enjoying uh, a a nice little spell with Leon up towards the top of the league table at the moment, um, but yeah, I I think change is certainly needed, and and the fact that Mesut Ozil is forced to watch as as this all happens and and. Where he could make an impact, certainly, um, Mm -hmm. a player of his caliber. Maybe not now that he's had to sit out for such a long time, match fitness and whatnot. But um, Richard Mejia uh, asked on Twitter as well, Arsenal can't get relegated, right? Right? That's how he (laughs) (laughs) was. Um.
1: Again, like statistically speaking, because Mikel Arteta loves statistics in his most recent uh, oh press God. conference, I'll uh, I'll go with statistics too. When you've got a wage bill as big as Arsenal does, it's statistically like you have to try to get relegated. Yeah. Um, and again, I think there are worse teams. I think West Brom is pretty diabolical. I think Fulham still have to fight. Um, mm-hmm. Sheffield United are going down. Like I don't. <laughs> Yeah. They're going down. Uh, so, I I don't know. I, you know, never say never. Obviously, it's it's possible, but it, it's not probable, I don't think.
0: No. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Um, I think something, like, truly catastrophic would need to happen. Um, however, I will say that the confidence around the team, like, Artessa needs to figure out how to get this team firing because mm-hmm. it's – the way the confidence is trending right now is just, it's just bad because it can quickly build on itself. And I know that's uh it reminds me of the, um, the season that Hodgson was sacked and uh, Liverpool was sold to Fenway sports group because they Hodgson said in a press conference that Liverpool isn't too big to be sucked into a relegation battle. Um, and uh yeah, yeah that was the end of that was the beginning of the end of Hodgson's Hodgson's reign. Um, So yeah, I just think they have to, he has to find a way to, to get them back, back on, uh, on his team and maybe not place the burden of uh, winning games on, you know, the uh, shoulders of children (laughs) like the Kaiusaka who's been asked to do everything. Um, but and literally
1: yeah. played everywhere, but like keeper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on though, across, uh, across North London, um, Tottenham downed, uh, by Leicester city, Brendan Rodgers defeating his, uh, his old sensei, Jose Mourinho, um, by a score of two nil and Leicester, I mean, let's just come right out and say it, uh, Jose Mourinho, after the Liverpool game, said the better team lost. Leicester, certainly the better team in this one, and uh, rightly get the win over Spurs.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Spurs title challenge lasted like a week. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy how you can go from first to fifth like so quickly. Um, Yeah. Yeah, listen, what... Maybe someone listening who is more tactically astute than I am can explain this to me. But what is Jose Mourinho's plan B when competent teams like Leicester cut off their counterattacking opportunities? You you don't have the pleasure of playing an inept Arsenal every week, <laughs> you know. Um, they're 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 aware that you're going to sit Harry Kane at the you know halfway line and and try to just play off him. Um and and even when Spurs would get on the break, there's like you can see in the picture on the broadcast, there's like two or three Spurs players trying yeah. to attack, and everyone's just out of the picture. Yeah. Um. You know. So when when Marino's plan to just hit them on the break works, it works. But when it doesn't, there's no other ideas. Yeah. Uh, it's it would seem anyway. Um. And then and then just individually, there was some like really stupid things that happen on the pitch, you know, chief among them, Serge Aria barging into Wesley Fofana's back in yeah. the VAR. What are you doing there? Like just no, not even close to the ball. He's on, he's on <laughs> Fofana's back. I mean, I don't know what he's doing there. Um, and, you know, to be fair to, to Aria, he's, he's kept his place in the squad despite Spurs signing Daugherty. So mm-hmm. obviously he's been doing well, but I mean, that's not going to earn him any any yeah. brownie points with uh, Jose Mourinho, who's already <laughs> unconvinced by him as we saw in the documentary so
0: right <laughs> yeah i uh what you brought up about Spurs like and their attack i i just have to go back so right before the penalty was conceded Spurs are down at the Leicester end and they're pressing Leicester Lester actually give the ball away on the edge of their own area. And it's a it's a great opportunity for Spurs to really press forward and try to get bodies in the box and like really create something like, you know, I mean, any of these pressing teams, you know, the second you win the ball back, people are like flooding forward. That's, you know, that's yeah. every every one of these pressing teams Well, Spurs win the ball high up the field right outside of the 18 yard box and there are four Spurs players in the attack everyone else is not in the camera shot lester have at least seven players defending inside the 18 like mm-hmm. at that moment so the ball eventually gets played out to reguilon he crosses towards i think kane was in the mix on but the ball just kind of bounces around and eventually is cleared and then it goes down the other end and and spurs give away the penalty but mm. it's it's just that lack of conviction i guess and that that he's so committed to playing on the break that even when presented with an opportunity like that those players clearly do not have license to get into the box like giovanni locelso is an attacking midfielder and mm. was s- stood just exactly outside of the box just standing there like completely static mm. while the ball is Be about to be crossed in. And he's so they clearly have instructions to to not like try to exploit those and let if anything's to come of it. It's son or Kane, and that's it. And there is no like you said, there's no plan B.
1: Yeah, it's almost like when being well drilled is a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, because when you're down or, you know, when you're when the run of play is going against you you're just, ri- they just feel rigid. Right. Uh, Spurs do. And, and yeah. How about though, just, just focusing on Lester for a bit here, yeah. Madison's goal being chalked uh, off by VAR. That was sickening. Like that was one of the best goals I've seen this season for that to get chalked off. And he was pissed off too, saying, you yeah. know, VAR took it away from me because my armpit hair was offside. Yeah. Um. Just what a shame.
0: Well, and the the arbitrary point of the arm is is always going to be such a divisive thing because Madison just has his arm angled differently than Dyer. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the only reason he's off. He he has his arm a little bit raised, and Dyer has his by his side. So since it's measured by like the upper arm, Madison's just put himself offside like simply by raising his arm in a running that's... motion. Um, So stupid. So yeah, this uh, the handball rule like inadvertently turned offside into an absolute. It was already kind of farcical, like with the armpit offsides and all that stuff. Now it's getting even worse because it's you know Madison is for all intents and purposes onside and scores a lovely goal similar similar to uh, like the some of these other goals we're talking about where he takes that one touch and then just lashes it back across. His body is just a lovely finish mm-hmm. and doesn't count because of the uh yeah, imaginary lines drawn on the <laughs> on the Ridiculous. computer.
1: Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, oh well. At least Lester come away with the win and the clean sheet on the road. So Yeah.
0: And and uh takes them up to second um in in the table. But just behind them and uh with a resounding win, it was you know, that weekend that Spurs beat United 6-1. Liverpool were defeated by Aston Villa 7-2. This weekend, Liverpool beat Crystal Palace 7-0. United beat Leeds 6-2. <laughs> a little bit of reverse.
1: Synchronicity.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but United with a, a big win over Leeds and the craziest quick fire brace that you'll ever see.
1: From a certain Scott McTominay, no, no less. Um listen, um I have to praise United. It was a good yeah. result. I think uh Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got the, the team sheet and the tactics spot on. I knew when he when I saw the team sheet, I see Dan James, Fred McTominay. Okay, he's gonna match leads for intensity, and that's exactly yeah. what they did. Um, you know, they wanted to match their intensity and, and have you know, engines on the pitch that can keep up with them when, when Leeds would get on the break. Yeah. Um, and then James, of course, with his pace. So it paid off. But yeah, McTominay gets McTominay gets two goals in three minutes, which I think is the fastest brace in Premier League history.
0: I mean, it's got to be, be up. Mistaken. It's got to be up there like, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. And then he, he adds an assist, too. So, I mean, man, of the match performance, obviously, from him. Um, and, you know, I think it's significant, too, because... You know, Manchester United are one of those clubs that are so focused on bringing in talent from abroad mm-hmm. and to see a player come through the academy and actually make it to the first team and it, and make impact on a, a game like this on a rivalry is 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 pretty cool to see. So, yeah. you know, big ups to, to Manchester United for winning the match. But on the flip side, they should be winning this match. This is one True. of the biggest clubs in the world you know, and, and leads who are newly promoted. So, yeah. Um, you know, not to, I guess we don't want to get carried away. <laughs>
0: right. And that's it. I think, I think overall it is definitely a praiseworthy performance from United because they play, they played leads completely off the park, um, for, for large portions of the game. I will say that leads still created like a decent amount of shots, um, mm-hmm. for, for what it was. But I think, like you said, Solskjaer put the 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 bodies out there that were going to to enjoy Leeds trying to turn it into a track meet, and from <laughs> the off, like McTominay exploited that. Um, Daniel James obviously got in on on the act, um, and and ultimately, like United's quality um, shone through. Uh, where I think Bielsa must have gone into this thinking like he would make it chaotic, yeah. and with the way that United have been playing, like trying to keep more of the ball, maybe if like Pogba's out there and like trying to spray, spray passes around that sort of thing, they could make life hell for yeah. that sort of approach. Like that, that more measured approach and, and Solskjaer was, was correct to counter with a chaotic style, all his own Um mm-hmm. and, and United the big winners. So yeah, I mean, and this is very rare downing. that I, This is very rare that I will praise at a united performance but um yeah cre- credit to them and and they I mean 14 shots on target like speech speaks for itself pretty much that's I mean that's crazy in terms of volume and like yeah. the, the six goals you know well deserved quite honestly
1: for sure. And I was just going to say, so is downing another media darling manager. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking this to levels unseen. First yeah. it was the Germans. Then he, now he's, now he's coming for Bielsa. So, uh, interesting. interesting yeah. That.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. He's always, he's always done a job against, uh, <laughs> against, against the hipster, the hipster, uh, loved managers, I guess. Um, <laughs> The result today was Chelsea, Chelsea three, uh, West Ham nil and a game that like hung in the balance for a little bit, um, although Chelsea weren't on top for for large portions. Um, but football Twitter was going in on Timo Werner for a couple a couple of missed chances in this one. And you had you had some opinions on this. You had some some thoughts, as you would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh listen, Timo Werner is an excellent player. Um I I think I think I always question the fit at Chelsea. Same with Kai Havertz, but um I uh, yeah, there's been a lot of criticism of him. Some of his finishing has been poor and um, you know, he's been missing some sitters, so in that in that way the criticism is warranted. Um you know, in his defense, Frank Lampard has been playing him on the wing at times. Um when I think he does better as a center forward or as part of a, or, you know, in tandem with like a taller, more airily dominant striker, a la Yusuf Paulson, who he used to play off of at RB Leipzig. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, the mitigating factor. But, you know, Werner kind of came out in the press and, and said it himself about the physicality and, and just the way that football is played in England is, you know, he's still getting used to it, but at the same time, He's not getting the same space in behind that he was used to exploiting in the Bundesliga because right. I mean the the quality of defending is just better yeah. in England, um, generally speaking. Um and I think if I'm not mistaken, that is partially why Byron mentioned passed on on signing Timo Werner, is they thought he might be a little bit of a, you know, one trick pony in that regard, and that he, you know, he doesn't offer much. Um, out, outside of the counter attack, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, you know, they end up, um, you know, not signing him. So, yeah, I think a lot of the criticism is warranted, but I think it, it's also just going to take him a bit of time, and um, hopefully, he's not. You know, I think I think Lampard's playing him on the wing because he can get some space out there. Right. But um, whether that that's sustainable or something that you really want to see mm-hmm. long term is, is another question.
0: Yeah, I, I I think the challenge for any any player coming into these clubs is one he's coming from a league where he was at RB Leipzig where the expectation was make the Champions League and challenge Bayern Munich, but there was no expectation of like winning the Bundesliga or anything like that. That was like a nice to have, not a not a need to have. Um Yeah, And he was by far like the most influential player on the team. And that is not necessarily the case when you show up to a new club with a different manager, different expectations, new, you know, new environment, new city, all these things. And I would say in particular, new levels of pressure in terms of the press and the fans, because at Leipzig, he was he was RB Leipzig for for several years, um, and now he is trying to prove himself to a set of fans and to a, a country's media who doesn't give a shit what he did at at Leipzig. Like they don't. <laughs> and Chelsea, no. I would say Chelsea fans are particularly ruthless in ter- in the in these terms. Mm-hmm. Like they are very connected to those club legends, but they will run people out. Like they, they do not have much sentimentality if you do not produce. So I think, I think Chelsea, I think Chelsea is like you said, there's, there's rightly some criticism there, but I also think like for him coming into that situation, I think it's maybe a little bit more of a mental challenge than what he maybe anticipated um, where he doesn't get to go out and just like play his game and see how it goes. He has to, Be on every single game and even what was it a couple matches ago where he assisted Pulisic like at the end of the game he missed a sitter like in the process and so that run and cross for Pulisic like no one cares because he missed the chance earlier so um yeah, it's there's just a lot of there there's a lot of things around Timo and I I think it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of his time goes. I personally think he'll come good because I think he'll learn and he'll adapt to to what is going on around him, but um and maybe he just needs to like get out of his own head a little bit. Um he might actually like benefit from some time out uh like away from the starting 11, maybe some appearances off the bench or, or something like that, where he can run it some tired legs and um, maybe just kind of get out from under himself right now.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so the, uh, the remainder of the scores and, and everything around the the league city beat Southampton one nil uh, Fulham and Newcastle played to a one, one draw as did Brighton and Sheffield United Um poor Sheffield United just uh, they almost had it. They're like the Schalke of, of the premier league. They were almost <laughs> there. Um, but nothing, nothing in, uh, in Brighton, uh, Villa beat West Brom handily three nil. And then today Burnley beat wolves two one. Um, I mean, I made the joke, the break Aaron Paul from breaking bad. Like he can't keep getting away with this for Sean Dice. Uh, it's, he just continues to claw his way out of the relegation zone.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because remember the remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, like football theories and consp- like conspiracy theories. Yeah, I know Burnley won, but I didn't see it. So did it happen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one
1: of those things. Like I, I've never witnessed what makes right. them stay up, but right. it happens.
0: Yeah. Each year they somehow well, that's get. That's a
1: lie. We actually just lost to them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah. Rounding up the uh, rounding up the table. Speaking of at at the top, Liverpool, Leicester City, United, Everton, Chelsea, and Tottenham down to sixth. Uh, starting the weekend, top of the league, I think. Um, Damn. Or no, they were they were like second or something like that. But anyways, that's the top. That's the top six. Um, And then down towards the bottom uh, Leeds drop down to 14th um, Arsenal in 15th on 14 points. Burnley move up out of the relegation zone to 16th Brighton just below Fulham West Brom and Sheffield United in the drop zone and Sheffield United remain winless um, after that late draw against Brighton. Um, so that's how the premier league sits right now. Um, Mika, what do you say we take a quick break and then head off to, uh, sunny Spain? Let's do it. Welcome back everyone to hardcore football. Mika, starting off the La Liga talk, I think we have to start with a, a big result between Barcelona who continued to just not find wins in the league Um against Valencia who we had talked at the beginning of the season as Valencia being maybe in trouble. They had, they kind of stuttered out of the gate, but this is a very good result for, for Los Murcielagos.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And in fact, they might be a little bit annoyed not to have won it um considering the chances they had some of the calls that went against them i yeah. at least I would say yeah. um, but but a draw at the camp Nou is, is is a good result <laughs> at the end of the day. I take it um if i if I were a uh, Los Chay fan so
0: yeah the those early chances, like you mentioned, Terstegen kind of keeps Barça in this because either side of of the opener, he makes a couple of ridiculous saves um before Diacabi opened the scoring from the corner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that Barcelona are playing right now with kind of a a makeshift defense if you will with Minbetha yeah. and uh, uh back there um with PK Umtiti, Langley all out. Um so, yeah, it's been dicey at the back at times. The the guys are doing the best they can, obviously, mm-hmm. but um they don't they're not a Liverpool where they have just a lethal attack to make up for it, or at least, you know, so yeah. I mean, Valencia, you know, Diacabi with the free header to open the scoring, and yeah. then it's, um, then Gedge had that outside the boot, like scoop pass, pre assist, yeah, <laughs> like to get the equalizer, you know, oh, to help yeah. set up the equalizer. Um, so yeah, all in all, good, good time for Valencia, but that Griezmann dive, Ugh. that that just changes the game. Uh, I think if that doesn't happen, Valencia, you know, probably get a two, two, one win.
0: Yeah. The thing that's upsetting about that is that it gets, it gets reviewed in VAR. There is the lightest of touches from Jose Gaya on, on the back of Griezmann. He goes down in a heap and Gaya is actually sent off in real time um, Mm -hmm. for denial of a goal scoring opportunity. The referee goes back, reviews it, gets the red card out, and and nullifies it like after he Mm -hmm. saw it. And I'm thinking, okay. He's gonna get this right and he's gonna give a yellow he he starts going for the yellow card and I'm like, it's going to Griezmann, like for, for a dash. <laughs> yeah. And he shows it to Gaia, and I'm like, oh my God, he kept the penalty. Like, even after all that. So all he did, like, luckily for Valencia, they didn't suffer the total injustice of going down to ten. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's never a penalty. And I always laugh watching the um the B in like uh broadcasts because Ray Hudson is such a Barca apologist that like (laughs) it he he is like yeah it's a penalty like he there's contact and then as he's watching it he's like I think there's contact like I'm pretty sure there's contact
1: yeah he's like trying to look for it like in their legs and it's like no there's nothing there (laughs) like it's just an outrageous call um Yeah, very annoying. I will, very very annoying.
0: I will give credit though to uh Araujo, um Uruguayan defender who does his best Luisito impression with a <laughs> like hip-high volley um as he as he falls over a little scissor kick um in the style of Luis Suarez uh for for Barca second.
1: Yeah, that was an insane goal from from Araujo and I, there must be something in like genetics to be able to like get yourself get your body parallel to yeah. the ground for like a specific volley um, you know it, what a hit yeah. what a great hit
0: and you you mentioned the Gettish pass like I could do a, an entire episode about this pass it's my favorite thing maybe from the whole weekend like crazy outside of the boot pass that he, he like you said he scoops it but it's it's a, he couldn't have thrown it in in a better like yeah. in a better way. Like the way he yeah. controlled it was just insane.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic and and all, and all the while he's given the defender the eyes. Like I don't think he ever like looks for where he yeah. the ball is going. <laughs> he just knows where he wants to put it and it's great. Um he's a player that has been Criticized at times for a perceived like lack of end product but that that's just what he can do
0: yeah and like nothing less than Valencia deserved for the performance which I think is this is the type of performance that we really didn't think this Valencia side was really capable of mm-hmm. um like withstanding the barrage uh because obviously Barca has a ton of the ball um and they have to you know weather that storm um but Valencia didn't ever really look that much in danger like throughout the game they they really managed this Barca team well and I can't tell yet I guess if that's more if that says more about Barca or more about Valencia
1: (laughs) well I mean Valencia also had that crazy result against Madrid as well so I think that they don't they're not intimidated, I guess. I mean, I guess it almost makes sense given what those players go through playing for Valencia. Football <laughs> Club. Like, it, There's just all kinds of fuckery in the background at that club that by the time they get out on the pitch, they just can't be phased by these so-called super clubs, baby. Um, so yeah, I think I, I would rather give Valencia the props, but Barca yeah. are just, you know, shocking the season in yeah, general.
0: They really are. And, and messy, uh, I we have to give credit to Dominic too for initially saving Messi's penalty because it was a brilliant save. True. And unfortunate to concede from the like the ensuing little sequence, but um but yeah, uh, a good a good result for Valencia, certainly. And uh the they continue to, to kind of move move up as well. They're up into thirteenth um as it stands, so Um, Just below them in the table, a big result for Levante against Real Sociedad, who since their stay at the top of the table have been struggling of late and they just can't seem to find a win. And in this one, I mean, Levante, you have to say like similar situation, Real Sociedad not not really creating much despite having a little bit more of the ball, but Levante like full value for the win
1: yeah Levante desperately need this. they're trying to just stay up this season i think um and and yeah Lareal like you said, uh, pretty sustained wobble, I guess you could say they're in not great form, I think their last league win was november twenty second so it's it's yeah. been a while um
0: and no wins in eight games now in all competitions um oh, man yeah, yikes,
1: yeah, uh La can be got at the moment i i think Oh, yeah. Sabal is not really scoring. Isak scores one here. It's a free kick that takes a pretty
0: massive big deflection.
1: deflection. <laughs> but I what, mean,
0: what did you think um, of Isak? Uh, you score from a deflected free kick and he celebrates with the fingers in the ears, like the earplug celebration of he's not listening to criticism. That's.
1: that's a, uh, it's a weird time.
0: There? I, I don't know. Like it. I couldn't That's I couldn't weird. understand the the commentary, unfortunately, because it was in Spanish. Um, but mm. it they made it seem like like I thought I heard they were talking about criticism, but he had his ears plugged in the uh in the celebration, which I think is a bold move when you score from that big of a deflection.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> why are you like if it was like a screamer into the top corner, then yeah. OK. But yeah. it, it's pretty clear that it deflects. That's very strange. Maybe he is coming in for some criticism. I just haven't heard of it. But, I mean, lot of the general just not very good at the moment.
0: Yeah. And speaking of screamers, as he said, uh, Jorge de Frutas uh, scores a winner here and absolutely hammers it into the goal. And, I mean, our, our you know, maybe mutually favorite podcast that we listen to stadio Mm -hmm. has the angry goal. This is like (laughs) textbook because he hammers at home and is coupled with an angry celebration where he is like pulling at the advertising hoardings and like trying to knock, shit over like on the sidelines
1: (laughs) yeah 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 definitely is an angry goal and another podcast i have to shout out is uh the spanish football podcast i was listening to that earlier and um phil kitramelita said um you know it's a goal from De frutos which means you know of fruits and it's a juicy goal
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great i love it yeah So, yeah, uh, as a result, Sociedad down, uh, down in third now. And, uh, you know, the Madrid sides uh, both above them and and kind of pulling away with their victories this weekend, which were much more kind of routine uh, as far as as far as La Liga goes this season. Um, Three one wins for each. Um, And uh, but a team that we've been following a little bit closely because of their struggles early on similar to Valencia but now succeeding in leaps and bounds uh Celta <laughs> Vigo or Celta Vigo um beats Deportivo Alaves 2-0 and it seems like Celta have found their man in Bryce Mendez
1: Yes. Bryce Mendez is, is taking a bit of the scoring, um, responsibility, I guess you could say off Iago Aspas. Uh, and he's, he gets the double here. Yeah, And, but I mean, I think the story right now of Celta is definitely Chachokude and how he has totally turned around this club who looked like they were going to be relying on, on, on Barry Aspas to, to keep them in the division. Um, they've been excellent pretty much since he came in. I think they've only lost like once Mm -hmm. Um, scoring a bunch of goals, keeping a bunch of clean sheets. It's, it's going very well. And, um, I was reading a little bit about Celta earlier and Nolito, they asked him, you know, what's, what's up with the good form lately. And he said in Spanish, but it translates in English to, yeah, the new manager, he stuck his fingers up our asses. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh like as, as to say, like, you know, he gave us a boost. Right. Like, it's like, <laughs> is that the, I mean,
0: is that the okay. same? Is that I a, guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope not.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously.
0: Yeah. Wow, um, that's yeah, which I crazy. thought was
1: hilarious. But Nolito too scoring <laughs> scoring a bit lately, so I guess yeah. we can we can let him have that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, Celta Celta now three straight clean sheets and four wins in a row. Um, so yeah, they're they're kind of they're flying high uh, at the moment and literally flying high because they are all the way up to now eighth in the, in the La Liga table and just a point behind Sevilla um, and two points behind Barcelona. So the, yeah, they've, they've got, I mean, in theory, they could, they could hang around those, those European places um, if they can keep this, this new manager bounce going.
1: Indeed. Yeah. And I mean, shout out, Yago Aspas again, seven goals, five assists, 14 matches, just, you know, a legend for the side.
0: Yeah. And he had a lovely assist in, in this one for Bryce Mendez's second, um, to to kill the game and where he kind of drags everybody wide and then finds that pass back across the face of goal and Mendez has a tap in at the far post. So um yeah, it's just Aspas's, you know, influence is still very, very prevalent in in this Celta side, but it's um A little less of the the burden is on his shoulders.
1: So I know he didn't have like the greatest time at Liverpool, but is he a player that you kind of keep tabs on just like passively?
0: So I personally have, but like not it's not really connected to his time in Liverpool, only because it was one very brief and two, like did not really go well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But. I think it was I think it was maybe a couple seasons ago where I realized like oh he's not a meme in Spain like that's cuz th- I mean that was my whole my whole impression of him as a player was like oh he's like he was overrated and all this stuff but he went back to Celta and immediately was like competing for like you know the golden boot and stuff for a club that is not you know um yeah like towards the top of the league so um so yeah i uh, it's one of those that you know i almost ironically looked it up initially but i was as someone who didn't used to to follow like la liga as closely i was surprised to find that <laughs> that iago aspas is actually a like super class player and and a celta like legend basically
1: yeah, just real quick looking at the stats. He has and this is just league goals, okay? Not not cups or anything, but for Celta this first team, 142 league goals. Oh my god. Um wow. Yeah, so that's crazy. And he He's got to like be any, one of
0: the like top goal scorers ever for the club, right? Like
1: yeah, if not the top, yeah, he's he's just insane and I know that yeah. the Celta fans are just absolutely grateful to him obviously because he's been a hero for them truly
0: yep yeah and uh rounding up La Liga uh Athletic Bilbao uh beat Huesca 2-0 Atletico as we said uh down Elche 3-1 uh Villarreal get a win over Osasuna 3-1 uh Sevilla and Valladolid play out to a 1-1 draw uh Granada beat Betis um 2-0, 2-0 and Betis like it was a little bit of uh a false summit I guess uh the Betis are awful. Yeah, they're they're not having a good run uh this year. Uh Hitafe beat Cadiz uh 2-2-0 two, and then as we said Real Madrid beat Bar 3-1 Modric scored a really nice goal in this one too. That was
1: actually a really good game. It was um, yeah. Sergio Ramos perhaps should have had a handball
0: um yeah
1: <laughs>
0: yeah the argument can certainly be made yeah <laughs> yeah
1: poor abar but i mean i think madrid probably win that one anyway but yeah. it was a very good match
0: yeah and i i do feel for abar because they they get the goal obviously from kike which made it to one and kind of brought mm-hmm. the result into question and for the better part of 60 minutes it was a one goal game. And so I think the three, one somewhat flatters Madrid um, yeah. because, you know, their cr- shot creation is like kind of on par, both teams kind of in the same ballpark, um, despite the like big golf in possession. So I, I think Madrid, maybe this is, this is one where you definitely say like, don't get too, uh, don't get too carried away with, with this one because they this easily could have ended in a in a draw um, on another day, for sure. Um, I'm interested. the The one thing as we kind of like look ahead um, in these in these uh, coming weeks, because obviously we know the calendar is like super crowded, um, and so there's actually midweek la liga games uh tomorrow and wednesday and i'm as i'm looking across we actually have a pretty tasty fixture in (laughs) well maybe this is a really bad it's bad timing for sociedad but they take on atleti tomorrow (laughs) at 145 eastern um that's not good timing for for la real
1: yeah, looking at the goal difference, even if they win, I don't think they swing like four or five goals on Atleti. No. Um, they can maybe go ahead of, of Real Madrid to get second place. But yeah, that's a that's tough. I mean, coming off, um, you know, a bad result and then going right into the what some people are claiming are the champions elect, although Atleti will deny that until the trophies in their hands. <laughs> um, that That's an interesting one for sure
0: and uh yeah Valencia Sevilla another one that could with Valencia coming off a good result maybe they could uh maybe they can carry on some momentum into that one um but next up we've got uh Bundesliga yes Bundesliga is well it started absolutely crazy on Friday Union Berlin uh, defeating dortmund 2-1 um two corners for Union, uh but dortmund's dortmund's one Yusufa Yusufa Makoko gets the his first ever goal and the young he becomes the youngest goal scorer in Bundesliga history um, but Union away with the points and dortmund despite the manager managerial change and everything still nothing to show for it and and frustrating form in the league right now.
1: Yeah, uh, Mukoku scoring the you know becoming the youngest goal scorer in a loss for Dortmund is like <laughs> Dortmund in a nutshell. Yeah. At the moment <laughs> um but <laughs> like you said yeah Edin Terzic has come in um in the wake of the sacking of Lucien Favre and some some corners think that he's actually auditioning for maybe the full-time job if he can do somewhat of a Hansi flick. Right. So far, no.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: But, um, yeah, Makoko, nice goal. And to be fair, I thought he was probably the most dominant attacker on the pitch, which, I mean, I think that says a lot. Um, A lot of good, but maybe a lot of bad, too, in terms of, of Dortmund's form overall. Um again, they're still missing and hopefully he'll be back in time for the start of the the Rook Ronda. Mm-hmm. um and and jaden sancho uh been pretty anonymous this season,
0: yeah, like
1: uh and, you know he's a young player and and these these dry spells happen, but it's pretty you know when when the team's also doing badly, it just brings it more into focus i think
0: absolutely and I mean given the level of production that he's had up till now the fact that he has three assists and no goals in eleven Bundesliga games so far this season is pretty shocking. Yeah. Um and, yeah I and I can't really I don't know that there's like a an explanation for why his decline has like or I don't want to say decline. That's like maybe speaking too too intensely. But his his, this like lack of of return, Mm -hmm. having scored 17 goals and and had 17 assists in the league last season. Like, yeah, that's he's obviously well off the pace. So it's a little strange. And I, you know, I can't really point to one thing and say this is why Jaden Sancho's not been producing at the level that he did.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously the, I think the obvious narrative to follow is probably just, you know, what does that do to a player when you have Manchester United coming for you all summer long? You know, Mm. I don't know if that maybe, you know, just put him off a little bit in terms of his focus or kind of um, focusing on his game and on training and and all that or just kind of the internal changes that are going on at Borussia Dortmund but yeah it's um not not what we're used to seeing from him and you know again young player i think this this will happen he'll probably come out of it but um you see a lot of people with revisionist takes like, Oh, you know, we're going to pay 120 million pounds for this. It's like, they should probably still pay that. Um, (laughs) you know, he's still a very good player, but just a little bit, um, a little bit surprising, yeah, how anonymous he's been.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting problem that, uh, that Terzic, if Terzic can solve it, then he will be Hansi Flick and he will get the job. Um, but it may be someone else's problem to, to figure out. Um, but yeah, credit to Union in this one. I mean, set piece goal or you know the the couple of goals are they're a little scrappy compared to compared to you know the free-flowing uh attacking football we saw elsewhere but Union play a back to they play back-to-back uh games against Bayern and Dortmund and come away with four points uh I think Union take that any day of the week
1: absolutely yeah it was really (laughs) impressive and like you can't give Union these chances from corners. They will get something. They've got a lot of big bodies in that side that, yeah. that feast on those kind of aerial opportunities. So, yeah. Dortmund learned that the hard way. Um, yeah, taking a point off Bayern and Beanie Dortmund is extremely impressive. And they're where now on the table? Somewhere.
0: They're in- actually right above Union, I believe. Um it's fifth and sixth. Yeah. Dortmund wow. fifth on twenty two and union sixth on twenty-one.
1: Goodness me. Yeah. So yeah. I mean Union could feasibly get into, you know, a European spot like <laughs> by the end of the season. It's nuts.
0: It's crazy. Um the I I do have to shout out Table Awoni, um the uh, uh yes. Liverpool, Liverpool loaded. Yeah, Liverpool Loney, who's at Union and, and scores in this one. So um the heir apparent to the to the throne of Divacarigi, Um <laughs> 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 but no, elsewhere in the league, uh well the big match, the really big matchup this weekend was a top of the table clash, uh Leverkusen, Bayern and Mika, this one kills me because Leverkusen had every opportunity to come away with a draw here Uh, and well in actuality they ship two goals to Bayern like they gift two goals to Bayern yeah a a goalkeeping mistake on the first a terrible giveaway at the back for the second and ultimately like is that demonstrative I guess of the fact that Leverkusen maybe are not capable of winning a title.
1: It's so, so, so disappointing because we really, they really had us thinking that Byron would not be winner champions for yeah. once. <laughs> it wasn't to be. I mean, you said it. You said it exactly. They shipped two goals. They lost. They gave this game away.
0: Yeah.
1: Could have definitely come away with at least, I mean, so, you know, the first goal is a horror mistake from Hrdetsky. Her- he has this in his locker where he will not communicate well with the back line or just. You know, come out for a ball. He has no business claiming, and he kind of just runs into Jonathan Ta. Yeah. Um, and then I think, is it Ta who gives away this the second goal? Because I think that I mean, it was just comical. I, they yeah. just looked, they looked like they didn't deserve to be the ones top coming into this game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, Byron, I think after that first mistake, Byron just smelled blood.
0: Mm-hmm. And they're
1: able to stay in the game long enough to to wait for the next mistake and, and capitalize on it. Of course, it's Lewandowski, mm-hmm. um, and another shot in tour in this one
0: because <laughs> Schick's
1: screamer of a volley, yeah, um, will be forgotten.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a glorious goal scored in a uh, scored in a loss. The uh, I think as <laughs> if I if I pronounce it the way that it w- that Pat spelled it a Senteke, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Schick scores a beautiful goal to open just a laser um, of a volley. All, uh, oddly enough, it gave Zidane versus Leverkusen vibes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> shout. Yeah. That's
0: it. Wow. It was, I don't know. I guess maybe this weekend was just like karmically opposite of of whatever was going on. But yeah, Leverkusen score a lovely opener. And then we talk, we talk about it every week. But I mean, what was it the, you know, if Bayern aren't inevitable, then Lewandowski certainly is. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We could literally just say that every week now.
1: Yeah. And I think (laughs) also like. I don't think Byron were going to lose in the same night that they're celebrating. Lewandowski winning the best award from Yeah. Was it FIFA or UEFA? I don't know.
0: FIFA. Yeah. yeah. FIFA's so F- FIFA's best men's player. Um and Yeah, uh, well
1: deserved to be fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And after the snub of the of the Ballon d'Or not being awarded, um mm-hmm. Lewandowski rightly being recognized as the best player in the world over the last over the last year
1: absolutely yeah so they were never gonna lose when you take it in that context <laughs> the
0: uh the question that came out of this is from Jake konecki he just said is there a team in the champions league that can stop or even slow down Lewandowski?" <sighs>
1: You go first, Phil. You think you think there's anyone?
0: Well, the task falls to Lazio um, first. And mm-hmm. I don't know that it's them. Um, although, you know, each time I mention Lazio, shout out to Lucas Leva. Um, but <laughs> of, I, no, I just think, um, gosh, I mean, in the entire Champions League, I mean, Atleti hasn't done it. I think Liverpool in, you know, in a previous meeting, Liverpool did manage to stifle Lewandowski um, over mm-hmm. two legs, which was good, but it's almost seems like it was since then that he's gone on this crazy tear. So yeah, like, yeah, it's a, he's a very different prospect, I think. Um, and Liverpool are also without Virgil van Dyke. So who they obviously had um, in that tie. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call right now. I don't know that. I don't know that if he's in a certain mood, I don't know that it's possible to stop him.
1: Yes. I, yeah, I agree with that. I will say if Byron and Real Madrid were to meet and Sergio Ramos is on top form, then perhaps I think Lewandowski has said before that Ramos is one of the most difficult players he's played against. Mm -hmm. And, um, Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but he's the best strike in the world. I mean, yeah. bar none.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, inevitable. And the weird, the weird fun fact in this one is that Leroy Sane came on as a substitute in this game and also came off. Uh, he was oh, subbed shit. on and subbed was off. Was he
1: like horrible? I didn't really realize that.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, remember exactly when was the yeah cuz Musiala came on for him so he yeah he w- he came on for Kingsley Coman who was injured um and then and that was in the first half in the 32nd minute and then he was subbed off in the 68th for Musiala um yeah sane was not pleased but Musiala Ooh. also hits the post like shortly after coming on and almost almost wins the game outright like on his own. But um, yeah.
1: Oh wow! Apparently, on uh, like a radio show in Germany, they had asked the Byron brass about the about the uh, substitute,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and I guess Rummenigge declared, "We will support him, but also if necessary, kick his ass." <laughs>
0: I love how all these quotes coming out from Europe are just the most like.
1: Like extra.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: (laughs) I mean, these are some of the same problems he had at City with, uh, you know, his attitude and his professionalism. So Mm -hmm. I hope, you know, he doesn't become one of those players that spoils his. Ability, you know, waste his abilities. But then again, like when you see a guy who has a tattoo of himself as a mural on his back, it's like, yeah, you're a dude. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, his tattoo?
0: Oh my God. No, I haven't.
1: Look it up right now. You oh have to. Oh my God. It's and like it's poorly done. Like I'm sorry, I'm like dragging this man, but it's just that's what I think of when I it's a tattoo of himself. Like it's disturbing. Just, oh, Just
0: oh my Google God. It. Oh my God why does this exist
1: right like who did this and
0: why and he's wearing a city a city kit i'm assuming i think so yeah but he's also like i don't
1: know like it's like he's like deifying himself too it's just all it's weird it's weird
0: that's so odd (laughs) what the hell
1: I hope our listeners are googling it too. Is they? you <laughs> It's such a terrible tattoo.
0: He's holding like a sword.
1: It's like a staff, or I don't even know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I can't. and
0: there's a giant clock also. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, my god, sorry. That's so <laughs> crazy. I. Who does that? No one does that.
1: He's a weirdo. Um,
0: for sure. <laughs> So Bayern Bayern go top uh over Leverkusen by virtue of this win. Leverkusen had a chance to distance themselves if they had gotten a win, they would be they would have been uh 4 points clear actually at the top, which I mean, when have you ever said that? So
1: I know, I know. Oh well.
0: Yeah, and then in Kind of a shocking game just because of how disappointing of a result this is for Leipzig. Uh, a nil-nil draw with Koln, who climb just above or, or tread water, I guess you should say, uh, above Armenia uh, in 15th, just outside the relegation zone.
1: Yeah, after they just got their shit pushed in by biolympicus. So <laughs> yeah. Bundesliga are, are you know, they heard that we weren't entertained, so they decided to, <laughs> <laughs> to turn it up a bit. But yeah, uh, you know, Leipzig's still third, so uh they'll just have to to get on with it. They were doing pretty well before that. And, you know, keeping three straight clean sheets if we want to put like a positive spin on it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the uh it's the old like if you draw five in a row, are you unbeaten or winless? Like that's the, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, across the uh, across the rest of the Bundesliga, Munchen Gladbach uh, defeated against Hoffenheim. And it's it's another like story of of the inconsistency of the of default uh this season. They just cannot find any sort of consistency in the league.
1: Yeah, they can't. And honestly, the the result came moot after yeah. what Marcus Turam did to Stefan Um, You know, they had, for those who didn't see, they had a, like a coming together and Tram spit in his face and it was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, you never want to see that kind of thing. And he's been banned for, I think, five matches, fined by the club and, and the club except the ban. So um, he came out and apologized, but it was also like, I don't know if I don't know if he's just it's a mistranslation or what, but he yeah. kind of said it was accidental. And there's like there's nothing accidental about that. No. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's not that kind of player from what I know of him. So it was very yeah. shocking to see. Um, and, it you know, it made me wonder if something was said that provoked something like that. But he never makes that claim in his apology. So. Right. Um, yeah. Just, well you know. Uh, Cloudback will be uh, without one of their best attackers for a while due to, to that incident and so that yeah. kind of just marred the game for me I really didn't care about the result after I saw that it was yeah. awful
0: well and it, yeah and during during COVID to spit on somebody is like it's
1: disgusting it's it's, just... it's
0: disgusting like regardless of anything but it yeah. almost it, it becomes more violent when it's like I could be giving you a like respiratory infection
1: yeah yeah it's
0: <laughs> ugh, gross Um Armenia BLFL beat beat Schalke in a, a relegation six-pointer I guess you could call it except Schalke are not taking points off of anybody Um <laughs> so <laughs> oh um, my god Bremen I, am, beat I for one too. am
1: interested to see how they do in the in the second but <laughs> next season <laughs>
0: Yeah. Gosh, uh, that's so crazy. Um, they're, they uh, partners in relegation. Mainz, uh, got beat by Werder Bremen, uh, one nil. Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, beat Augsburg, uh, two nil. Um, pretty good result for, for, uh, Eintracht and, uh, and then Freiburg beat the brakes off a hair to Berlin four one. Um, so, uh, Grifo Grifo scores again uh, for Freiburg. Um, Yeah, but the and then in the last game of of this Bundesliga round, uh, Wolfsburg actually get another win over Stuttgart. Pretty closely contested game. uh, Just one nil. Um, The Wolves uh, win over over Stuttgart, who had been on a a decent run, um, but that leaves the Bundesliga again very tight at the top still bayern bayern top now leverkusen second level with rb leipzig on points um in third and then wolfsburg 4 points behind in fourth dortmund fifth and union in sixth with uh stuttgart and munchen gladbach sitting seventh and eighth just outside of that those like european spots um and then towards the bottom uh werder bremen in 13th hair down in 14th uh, disappointing season so far for the capital club um, or for the, the bigger capital club, I guess you could say, or the more right. traditionally bigger. Um, Koln in 15th, Arminia Bielfeld in, uh, in 16th on 10 points. And then Mainz and Schalke, the cellar dwellers uh, at the moment and looking destined for the drop and the Bundesliga, unlike the rest of the leagues, which have a whole festive period and all these big games coming up, uh, Bundesliga going on Christmas break and, but a lot shorter than their normal break January 2nd, they resume. Yeah. That's like a
1: public school winter break. Yeah. <laughs> Usually they get a couple weeks.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. Cause I think they're normally, they're normally off until like mid January at the, at, least. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, it's a full like 3 or 4 weeks um normally I want to say. But they do yeah. get Christmas and uh and New Year off, so better than the rest of the uh than the rest of the leagues can say.
1: That's yeah, that's true. I mean, we England doesn't stop like at all. So
0: No, not even for not even for a little bit. Um well Mika, what do you say we uh take a quick break and then we'll come back and and close close this thing out with some talk on France and Italy, and maybe some stuff from the Americas. Sounds good. Welcome back. Mika Liga Un this weekend. It promised much. I would say from the beginning and we'll, we'll get onto the big matchup, but first and foremost, Olympic Lyonnais, they've been absolutely flying recently and they continued it with a, a four, one win at a troubled Nice side. Um, recently fired Patrick Vieira and now they're just trying to write the ship. Um, but in the same way that a drubbing isn't always about the team that loses, um, the four goals that Nice conceded are almost all their fault. Like <laughs> Leon, nah. I'm not saying Leon played poorly or anything like that. They they were the better side, and I think they created they created much more. But a lot of the goals are came from mistakes or just like missed. Uh, I mean, the penalty is is very poor, like the ta- the tackle. He's nowhere near the ball. And then there's uh, mix ups at the back. The, one one of the goals is a straight giveaway um, mm-hmm. by a defender. And it's just this nice team just looks like a team in disarray on the field and off the field. Maybe Valencia can avoid it on the field. Um but Nice <laughs> Nice is bringing all their baggage out onto the onto the field seemingly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not gotten better since they sacked Vieira and I think they're have like one win in their last 5 and 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 in this game in particular. I mean, the stats kind of tell you how sloppy it was too. I mean, 17 fouls to <laughs> Leon's yeah. nine that just shows they were kind of just chasing around and they get the uh, yellow card too. Um, they actually had more of the possession than, than, than Leon did of the ball yeah. and still managed to get, you know, destroyed. Um, and, you know, to rely on, Amin mean, to kind of pull you through this. I mean, he's a, pretty young guy if i'm not mistaken yeah. So and a former uh
0: leon he's a, former a leon, leon player yeah, yeah yeah
1: that's right that's right so um yeah to to be relying on a 20 year old to kind of score the goals is i i, I don't know i think yeah. i think if if nice can just um maybe finish mid table or lower mid table that's about as good as they can hope for I think this season unless they have like some significant turnaround with a, the right hire
0: but the best thing about this game was Memphis Depay's Panenka which he tried his hardest I think he was going or he was trying to have it hit off the underside of the bar because <laughs> Often, I would say the panenkas are kept relatively low to avoid potential embarrassment of putting it over the bar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He put this thing way high, and it it worked, and it completely fooled Walter Benitez. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was bold in the way that you'd expect from Memphis to Pie.
1: Yeah, he's such a just. Saucy, confident player, <laughs> kind of like uh, I don't know, like almost like a, a as close to like the Dutch Neymar as you can get. I think, yeah, um, his whole vibe, just I get Neymar vibes from him. Maybe not so much trickery on the ball, but um, the confidence, I think, and the yeah. willingness to try stuff, I think, is something that Depay's been able to rediscover um, after that pretty bad. <laughs> at Manchester United Um, and he's got eight goals and four assists on the season so just putting in work
0: yeah and Rudy Garcia's side Leon's side is up at the top of the table level now on points with Lille uh, at the top and just a goal back on goal difference and uh, they resign this knee side to their sixth straight home defeat in all competitions Um, the empty (laughs) the empty uh stadium in uh nice not not doing any favors uh for that home side so um yeah the uh romanian uh caretaker manager adrian ersea ersea uh, Ursi, either way he's uh yeah he's got quite the job ahead of him um meanwhile Rudy Garcia is dreaming at at the top of the at the top of the pile but um the big matchup was Lille PSG it was another top top of the table matchup um and a chance for Lille to potentially put a little bit of distance between them and a PSG side that was missing Neymar Mbappe was on the bench um this was an opportunity for Leo on paper and in practice, they just weren't able to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah. Leo weren't very good on the day. I think PSG um, were pretty good at controlling the ball, although they didn't have – like clear-cut chances either. It was a pretty lame match as yeah. far as <laughs> as far as it how it was built, yeah. Um, and how it, the potential for an exciting match. I watched it from you know kickoff to the final whistle, and um, because I've got a soft spot for them myself. But I think you can come, kind of forgive Leo for maybe a lackluster performance because there's been a lot of turmoil and change at the club with the club being forced to sell because the um. I guess the previous ownership was mismanaging them financially. um, And they've got a lot of debts, some of which are not just due to COVID. um, And and Luis Campos, their their sporting director, also departs, which, you know, cough, Arsenal, get on that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of change at Lille. Hopefully, though, they'll be able to stabilize um, in the new year. And at the end of the day, I don't think a draw is the worst result in the world because – they weren't very good and, and to, to not lose to PSG is, is fine too.
0: Mike, uh, the, the Leo keeper makes a crazy save to keep Jose font from scoring an own goal, like pretty early on in this one, Mm -hmm. um, down to his left-hand side, uh, very, very promising talent. And among, among that group that you were praising, uh, prior to this one of just looking at the recruitment of Lille and their ability to to build a a promising and uh and just this well this useful side supported by a couple of older uh pieces obviously
1: yeah yeah this that's the thing about Lille that I worry a little bit about is I hope that they're able to stabilize quickly cuz I don't want to see this team get raided before these talents have really been able to show really what they can do um the likes of bamba ikone um renato sanchez he's more of a known quantity having been at Bayern. but just a lot of a lot of good young players zeki chelik um Doe, just a, you know a ton a ton of really good players their yeah. talent identification is, is top class although that'll change now that the sporting director's on his way out probably so
0: on the other hand, uh, PSG, despite like m- maybe controlling the game a little bit better, they didn't create a ton in this. Um, they were on the verge of giving up the best chance of the game. Lille was breaking. There was basically one person back, Prennel Kimpembe, <laughs> the only member of the PSG squad, back defending uh, against a three-man break. And he sacrificed the body to be able to stop that attack from coming to fruition for Lille.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Baruchio Maz is leading the charge for Lille pretty late in the game. And um, I think (laughs) it was a fantastic sliding tackle. It gets all ball um, and also all hamstring as he probably injures himself pretty significantly. Um, But it's also, it also felt like karma because Yomaz was being selfish with a lot of his chances, just snapping a lot of chances that he could have, you know, even laid off or, you know, passed to someone else around him and he's through on goal and in a situation where you not blame him for taking the chance and, and Kimpembe comes up with something brilliant. So yeah. Yeah. um, able to keep the side in it. And um, Mbappe does eventually come on, on his 22nd birthday, but I guess he, uh, was as they say in the red zone, like, you know, very close to a potential injury if he played a lot and he wasn't able to do anything. So again, I think we'll take it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do stay top, um, despite the draw. So not certainly not a bad result. Um, and Mm -hmm. the rest of the league, I think anytime that, that PSG drop any points, everyone's kind of like licking their lips. Um, and now With their position in the table, um, Lille and Lyon level on 33 points at the top, um, PSG on 32, and then Marseille sneakily in fourth on 28 points, but with two games in hand over everyone. So they have a chance to leapfrog not only PSG, but also Lille and Lyon if they win both of their games in hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Andrei Viesposh. He's, he's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're playing some good stuff, but he, uh, two days ago, he like threatened a journalist (laughs) and had to come out and apologize. So, um, sometimes it feels like, uh, feels like sometimes his side are playing in spite of him and his, (laughs) but, um, yeah, no, they're, they're, very very good at the moment
0: um yeah across the rest of the league uh mace beat beat lost two two nil uh marseille actually was held by stad rim um one one uh toven uh the scorer for marseille and uh second game in a row that marseille hasn't won actually so if they had if they had continued to win, they'd be on pace to to be top of the table by quite a distance. Um Yeah,
1: that's fair. And and Tovan, now that I think about it, Tovan did come out to the media and was kind of like ranting about recent results. But I think given their recent history, they have to kind of take that into consideration that this is the first time that they maybe not the first time, but like it feels like the first time in a while that they're actually like consistently hanging out in those European places and, and looking for real with a, with a manager who has a, you know, has a distinct way of playing. And it just seemed, you know, yeah. Immediate recent results haven't been great, but I still think that they'll, they'll be up around those places at the end of the season.
0: Elsewhere, uh, Brest and Montpellier played to a two, two draw Monaco beat uh, Dijon one nil. Bordeaux got a win over Strasbourg 2-0. Nas and Angers played to a one-one draw. Uh Etienne and and Nîmes uh, played to a two-two draw. Rene uh beat Lorient 3-0. A, a solid win for Rene, who had kind of stuttered like over the last especially with their their form in Europe not being the best. They've now won three in a row in the league. So kind of back to and level on points uh with Marseille. There in fourth, um, so some good results there. Um, and the table itself, um, as we said at the top, Leo Leon, PSG, Marseille, and then Rene with Montpellier just outside of, of that top five, um, and Monaco in seventh, and then down towards the bottom, uh, Strasbourg in sixteenth, Rennes in seventeenth, uh, Nîmes eighteenth, Lorient nineteenth, and Dijon bottom of the table. So. Um, the bottom is, a seems a little bit more in line with like what you'd expect, I guess, um, in terms of the, just the level of team, um, some yo-yo clubs in there in terms of between Liga Un and De, but, um, but towards the top, certainly, uh, potentially a, an upsetting of the apple cart, as they say, with, uh, <laughs> with, a hopefully a team not uh, named Paris Saint Germain claiming the <laughs> the league untitle this year.
1: What uh, place are Stadheim in?
0: They are in seventeenth.
1: Yeah, I know they're towards the bottom. Yeah, but shout out to them though because they have uh, Dia who Bly Dia who is I think second in the scoring chart. So some some positives for one of the one of the teams at the bottom
0: that's absolutely crazy um <laughs> yeah he's uh yeah nine goals in 14 appearances this season for 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 Reem and um yeah a lot of people trying to sign him apparently uh i guess unsurprisingly teams in england uh Potentially interested in West Ham, Newcastle, and Arsenal, all named in the in the few <laughs> articles I can see. Um, although New- West Ham, fe- it feels like a West Ham type deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, but the, I, I hope not because that's where strikers go to die. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> poor so, Sebastian Aller. <laughs> yeah uh yeah um so that's that's league un for uh now they actually have and in previewing the games they have a full like every single team plays at the same time on wednesday uh um, so
1: that's like their boxing day, kind yeah, of. so like oh, the day almost. before
0: Christmas Eve i guess is their uh is is there christmas eve eve yeah exactly um Looking through the matchups, like there's nothing that like totally jumps out uh in terms of being like a big crazy, you know, like potential
1: mm-hmm.
0: wild game. But Leal Lille, Leal Montpellier is a pretty a pretty good matchup.
1: Yeah, that should be a good one.
0: Yeah. Um so moving uh moving swiftly on to Syria A. Um a few few weird ones, uh just a couple notable results. And the craziest one, I think, started first thing uh on Sunday. AC Milan uh defeating Sassuolo 2-1, and Sassuolo's been kind of the surprise package uh in Serie A this year, but Rafael Le- Leao hit him with the ultimate surprise package, which was a goal six point two seconds into the match um, straight from the kickoff one pass and layout dribbles in behind and scores uh, inside the first seven seconds of the match. Like it's tough to bounce back from that.
1: Yeah. I mean, just mentally like that's your game plan out the window (laughs) (laughs) in, in six seconds. Um, and yeah, I, I but I mean I love this for Rafael Leal. He's uh he's got I think three goals, three assists on the season, nine appearances, and um, you know, again, one someone dubbed the the Portuguese Mbappe. <laughs> and I think that he's finally starting to feel comfortable at AC Milan and um yeah, I mean, it takes some it takes a set to to do that <laughs> as quickly as he did. So shout out to him. And AC Milan stayed top. So yeah you know, I'm loving these throwback vibes in Serie A at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The interesting thing about this game is that Sassuolo actually like had more, like much more of the ball. They kind of played much more than, than AC Milan. Uh, I mean, understandable being at home, I guess, but Sassuolo in doing so are kind of demonstrating that this, it's not a total fluke that they're up in the top six. Like, of Serie A they can play alongside you know the team who's top they can in fact like outplay them in the sense that they can dominate the ball and and force AC Milan to play a little bit more counter-attacking
1: yeah sure and they've got um Domenico Berardi who I think he does score mm-hmm. you know quite late it's pretty much a consolation at that point but he's a he's a talented player um you know, with AC Milan, though, I think AC Milan are finding different ways to win or at least not lose. Because if I think when they came back to draw Parma, they also had seeded a lot of possession in that game. And then in some of the games in which they've won, you know, they have more of the ball in this one. It's it's different. They, they give up most of the possession and they still come out on top. So I think that it's a sign that this side is finally, I guess, maturing. Um, sure a lot of the players are of a similar age profile and then they're being well coached. So, um, I hope, I hope that, uh, it can continue and, and someone can, can knock you off. Maybe it's Milan. We'll see.
0: Yeah. And like you said, they remain top by virtue of the win. Salamakers, uh, a- added, uh, Milan second in the 26 before, like you said, Berardi, um, scores a, uh, free kick goal actually in the Mm -hmm. late late on in which i think he deceives the wall into creating a gap for him um (laughs) i never understand how that happens but he aimed for the wall and the the seas parted um just so (laughs) so he could he could bend the the ball into the far corner but um but yeah, oh, a good another good win for for AC Milan and um, and indeed the the biggest kind of shock result of the weekend. Maybe it's not so much of a shock for the goals scored as it is you know for Roma's recent form. Um, Atalanta defeating Roma four um, one. Edin Dzeko opened the scoring after just three minutes, but then a just flurry of Atalanta goals after the hour. Um, and this is a big result for Atalanta, given the fact that they have been a little inconsistent in the league this year.
1: Yeah, they've been a little inconsistent, and, and like I kind of intimated earlier, there's been a falling out between their their legend, um, Papu Gomez, and, and the manager, Gasparini. So uh, for them to get back to winning ways in this one is always a good thing. Um, it's weird. I was watching this game, and Roma were already one up and they looked pretty comfortable. And then I just turned it off, went to go do something else. And I come back to the scoreline, <laughs> um, you know, a thrashing at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so but Roma been doing pretty good. So they just got to have to move on from this one and keep going.
0: Yeah, the the interesting thing about about this, this particular game was uh Joseph Ilicic is introduced in the second half um, and or at halftime. And so Roma were definitely on top, like for for the first half. I think they should have had at least one more goal. Um, Spinazzola tries a little like spinning chip that hits
1: hits the the post
0: yeah he's very unlucky not to score because um uh Galini was like completely out of his goal and just like in the middle of nowhere, but he had Mikatarian and Jeo like running in field and he could yeah. have opted for a ball in field, but he tried tried this like curling chip and it spins off the outside of the post uh but anyways, they bring. Illichich on at halftime, Atalanta, and he completely like takes over. And from there, they just, they, uh, Atalanta were creating a bunch. Um, the first two goals are, are like, Illichich plays a really good pass for the second goal. Zapata's, Zapata's goal is just like typical Zapata, that, that turn and fire, like just yeah. absolutely smash the ball. It goes in off the crossbar. Um, and then a little bit of a mix up at the back, and and Luis Muriel is is through on goal and and makes a no mistake, and then Illichich like scores himself to to you know put the icing on the cake. So, yeah, it's it was kind of the the Joseph Illichich game in that he he was introduced and Atalanta's fortunes like completely changed.
1: Yeah, and it's good to see because he's not been as influential as he was last season. Which to be fair was hard. It's Probably hard to follow up, what a great season he had. And he's had some, you know, personal issues like off the pitch. So right. nice for him to to get back and, and put in a good shift. Um I just want to say, is Golini not the worst name for a goalkeeper that you've ever heard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it just it has goal in the name, like
1: an in. Yeah. Like <laughs> letting in a goal. It's all it's like um in hockey, there's a there was a goaltender for the star Dallas Stars. I think Carrie Lettinen.
0: It's uh, like let one in, let let it in.
1: Like, <laughs> there's a couple of these in in sport of just yeah. like unfortunate names for yeah. goalkeepers and goaltenders. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I always thought of it from the other end, like the Keppa, where it's like you he basically became a goalkeeper because like <laughs> of that. But yeah, um, Keppa. Yeah, um, <laughs> dude, I
1: forgot all about that guy. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Yeah, um, is he okay? R.I.P. You know, that's a, oh, uh, his career. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's still making plenty of money. Um, but he's certainly. Sure. I don't know. He'll go out on loan from Chelsea for the next like 20 years. Um, Probably. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea loan army. The so, like.
1: <laughs> uh, what's that Dutch club that they partner oh, with? Oh
0: yeah, uh. uh
1: Oh, my God. I see their freaking badge in my head. Vitesse.
0: Vitesse, Ar- Vitesse. Yeah, there Vitesse Arnhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I guess Napoli have been right on the edge. They've had some results recently, especially where it's like, hey, maybe they're going to start climbing back up towards the top of Serie A. And they came up against Lazio this weekend and Lazio put them straight down. It's a two, no win, fairly professional. Um, Chiro mobile scores yet again, uh, which is always so crazy given his, his time in Germany. I I'm still blown away, but he, mm-hmm. he's a goal machine. And then, uh, Luis Alberto, former Liverpool player as well. Scores, uh, scores their second. And, um, Napoli sank uh, 2-0, and I don't know that we can chalk it completely up to the change of kits away from the the blue and white vertical stripe like Maradona tribute kits, but I'm not saying it's Mm. not that.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think it is that (laughs) because those kits are goaded.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, not fully, not not a good result for them. Um Luis Alberto, I forgot he was at Liverpool, but that was for an even shorter time than he than uh Aspas, huh?
0: Yeah, I think technically he uh yeah, cuz when he joined he played maybe a handful of games in the 13-14 season but he was you know being developed he was like seen as one for the future and then i can't remember if he was still at the club the following season because yeah no he must have hung around or maybe he got sent on loan somewhere i can't even remember
1: yeah but either way i think he's a he's a really good player and one of those ones that is just like Quietly, very good, but mm-hmm. isn't recognized. I mean, looking at it now, he has one cap for Spain. Yeah, which I mean, it's hard to be a Spanish midfielder yeah. to be fair. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I've always liked him as a player.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll always remember like one of my one of my favorite passes ever is Luis Alberto like on the turn at White Hart Lane when Liverpool beat them five one in in thirteen fourteen. He plays a pass through for Luis Suarez, which Suarez then chips Lloris, like, ridiculously. Um, but I always love that pass, because it's, like, totally improvised and just, like... But he puts it right on a plate for Suarez to run on to. And in this one, he... the It's actually Immobile, like, lays the ball off to him, and he just hits this, like, delicate curling ball
1: mm-hmm. that...
0: Uh, Ospina can't get anywhere near, despite the fact that it's not hit, like, very hard. Um, it's not hit particularly hard, but he just guides it into that far, into that far corner and just, you know, as try as he might, Ospina can't, can't get to it.
1: And I, I don't remember if he did, but I'm sure after he wasn't able to get to it, he probably rolled around on the floor, grabbing (laughs) his ribs.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. The, uh, well, now that I'm looking at Luis Alberto's stats, where was he?
1: He had like an insane season for Lazio like two years ago. I think he had like 12 goals and like 20 assists or something insane. I yeah. mean, he's he's just one of those players that's just good that no one talks about.
0: Yeah. Well, he was back in La Liga by 15-16. Which means mm-hmm. he only spent the one season. Yeah, he only spent the one season at... And then he went back to Malaga. Hmm.
1: Huh. Just didn't work out, I guess.
0: Yeah. Brendan Rodgers was prone to that sort of signing of it not working out. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not used to it anymore. Like I'm I it's one of those weird things like Klopp has spoiled us to the point of I just assume that everyone they sign is going to be amazing. Like
1: I mean, to be <laughs> fair, they haven't really put a foot wrong. Like no. in I mean, who I can't think of anyone who's been la- like a
0: flop. The last time I ever dared to be critical, I was like, I don't know if I see 35 million like Worth of value in Sadio Mane, and then he did a madness at the Emirates, and I shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at the Van Dyke uh, fee when it first
0: came oh, out. Yeah. I'm
1: like, wow, that's robbery.
0: Yeah. And then,
1: but obviously not.
0: Yeah. Shout shout out. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of Syria off fixtures actually this week. Too. Well, again, uh, I guess across the across the weekend, um, it was a little bit more straightforward. F- uh, Fiorentina and Verona played to a 1-1 draw. Sampdoria beat Cretone, who are rooted to the bottom of the table, uh, beat them 3-1. Juve dealt with Parma, no issues, 4-0, um, kind of throwing off their recent run of, of draws um, that Juve had been on. Um, Torino... Continued to not be able to buy a win um and drew bologna 1-1 um i think belotti scores again or no wait no he didn't in this one but belotti is uh like second top scorer in the league and torino are towards the bottom of the table (laughs) it's just like
1: they're they're just old and awful yeah that's it they just need to
0: refresh the squad yeah start over yeah <laughs> uh caliari played to a 1-1 draw with udinese benevento got a 2-0 win over genoa which is actually a really good result for them <laughs> um Indeed. uh inter uh grab another win but over Spezia and it was 2-1 a little bit closer than probably they would have like although Spezia's goal came like in the 90 like fourth minute um Hakimi scores again for Inter, which he's been scoring a bunch. He's kind of doing an Angelino right now.
1: He is. And you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe that is also contributing to some of the issues at Dortmund, and in in particular with Jaden Sancho, because that part of the pitch is gone now (laughs) with Hakimi. Yeah, But, I mean, he's doing bits for Inter, so...
0: Yeah, he sure is. And uh, so... They have a bunch of midweek games as well. A couple of games tomorrow and then a bunch on Wednesday in Syria. Uh, and uh, as I'm looking across the fixtures, I mean. The the one to watch likely is Wednesday 245 Eastern AC Milan versus Lazio, who just took down Napoli.
1: Oh, that is a good one. Indeed. Hopefully I'll be able to catch some of that.
0: Yeah. Juve Fiorentina would have been a good matchup in the late (laughs) nineties.
1: Fiorentina man, they're
0: struggle city. Yeah. They're just not having a good time right now. Although Sassuolo Sampdoria is also a really good matchup as I like, not fair. It's not amazing, but it's, that's a nice, like little, nice little clash. Yeah. Qualiarello will probably score as he always does as is tradition. The timeless uh, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, jumping over to the Americas real quick as we kind of close out um, the episode here, Mika. I wanted to talk because I know we have followers who follow the Copa Libertadores. And I wanted to, to talk uh, briefly about the last of the quarterfinals is is coming up to set the semifinal matchups. Boca Juniors Trail Racing uh, de Avellaneda, uh, or Avellaneda. Avellaneda? I think. Avellaneda,
1: yeah. yeah. Avellaneda. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Boca trailing by the one goal. Um, probably favorites to go through still, but interesting Argentine matchup here.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Two Buenos Aires clubs, two of the big five. Um, all, you know, to be honest, I have not watched Copa de Libertadores yet. I mm-hmm. will absolutely be putting this on my my docket because it's such a good tournament and one that I haven't paid as much attention to as I should. But yeah, Boca just have to have a really big showing in mean, the second second leg, and um, I think a lot of what happens in that one will depend on the older players um especially uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name right now the striker
0: carlos tevez <laughs> tevez yes <laughs>
1: my goodness it's been it's been a week and it's only monday yep um <laughs> but but yeah that'll be an interesting one and then i think the The winner of that will then play Palmeiras.
0: Santos.
1: Oh, Santos. And Palmeiras is going to play
0: River Plate.
1: River Plate. Yeah. So those semifinals are tasty.
0: Yeah. And in theory, either way, I I don't know what you root for more because the the purist in me would want a Brazil, a, a Brazilian club to face an Argentine club in the final like mm-hmm. in the sense that it's a continental competition. Yeah. But as we saw a couple of years ago, Boca River final is insane. Um <laughs> Santos Palmares would be would be good, obviously not at the level of of yeah. Boca River though in terms of rivalry
1: remember the last time though they literally had to bring that shit to Spain because it yeah. was just too much can you imagine a fucking pandemic super classical
0: <laughs> no Like. no I the can't the amount
1: of fucking extra that it, would occur
0: it would be absurd would
1: transpire
0: <laughs> I'm thinking yeah the last time that they met they literally had to go against the whole concept of the tournament <laughs>
1: And bring it to the king's, like, yeah, the cup, of,
0: <laughs> the cup of the liberators. Like, it was brought to the colonial home, like,
1: <laughs> such a farce,
0: yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, if that could be avoided, that would be great, but, um,
1: but also, but no. I want it, <laughs> but yeah,
0: super classico, uh, Libertadores final, um, yeah, the legs will be the the semifinals are going to be played over uh like January 5th and 6th and then the 12th and 13th so still a ways to go before we get to the semifinals but um yeah Boca Rossing is uh is Wednesday evening um so it should be a, a nice nice little warm up before the uh, Christmas holiday um and a and a definitely a good matchup um to get into uh and the the tournament more generally is just fun to watch because the quality is very high but the uh the clubs involved and the especially when there are fans uh allowed back and everything it's just a must must watch um certainly um the last bit of business uh another continental championship on the line um north american the CONCACAF Champions League final um to be contested contested between LAFC having downed Club America uh in controversial circumstances to say the least um and uh and Tigres who made made easy work of NYCFC on their route to the final um what do you what do you make of this first off and then and then uh well I guess did you see what hap- what went down in the semifinal between America and and uh LAFC
1: I saw a lot of memes but I did not see <laughs> I did not watch the game and I don't exactly know what happened yeah. so care to enlighten me Phil
0: I will so the cliff notes version is that gosh where do you even begin um so the america take the lead i think is most that's the important part first and foremost um and there is what i will describe as a coming together Between an LAFC player, uh, I think his name is Atuesta. Yeah, Atuesta. Yeah, yeah. Edward Atuesta. Edward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Memo Ochoa, the America and Mexico national team goalkeeper. And Ochoa... Um, I'll say exaggerated a level of contact uh, off the ball. Um, Atuesta was on the ground. Ochoa kind of leaned down by him and then basically acted as if Atuesta had headbutt him. Mm. Atuesta was shown a red card for violent conduct and there is no VAR In the CONCACAF Champions League at the moment. Um, So he couldn't review it. He was shown a red card. And then on the sideline, uh, Miguel Herrera and uh, one of LAFC's assistant coaches um, got into a little altercation. And that saw Miguel Herrera sent to the stands where he had a walkie talkie <laughs> and was c- communicating like down to the sideline via walkie talkie.
1: Yeah. That's um, the that's the one I saw many a meme about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then Carlos Vela went absolutely beast mode and scored two quick, go- like a quick fire double to basically win the tie for, um, For LAFC, and I think they added a late goal. Um, I can't remember who scored it, um, but I think they added a third, and yeah. So, for all the farce, and being up a man, America not able to to make the advantage count, and ultimately today, Miguel Herrera sacked (laughs) by Club America for... They're lost to Chivas in the Ligia, in, in Liga of Mechies, and and coupled with the exit from the CONCACAF Champions League, which may have rescued his job if they had been able to, to get to the final. But um, alas, he's out, and uh, yeah, nothing but memes to show for it.
1: God damn, North American soccer is a messy bitch. Maybe yeah. I'm like
0: sleeping on this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like a bygone era because there's no VAR. So like whatever decisions are made are made. And the, you know, the defending is like often not very good. So.
1: this it's like the, like truly the wild west.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then you have a guy like Carlos Vela who, I mean, you're well, you're, you know, well acquainted with his whole vibe, which is when he gives a shit, he's one of like the best attackers. At least in North America, like, by far. Um, oh, he
1: could have been world-class for, for Arsenal and for yeah. also see that if he cared. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he just doesn't give a shit, like, 80% of the time. So uh, <laughs> when he turns it on, he turned it on for exactly, like, 11 minutes and scored two goals and then went on with his, with, with his day. Um, wow. But, yeah, it was quite the shocking, like... Set of circumstances, because once LAFC was down to 10, I figured, you know, that's it. And uh, uh, and then Vela okay. happened.
1: Shout out to to them for making it to a final, um, because I mean, we all know that MLS are pretty poor uh in the conky cap champions league and i have memed them in the past on hardcore football's account (laughs) (laughs) so i i mean i'm not gonna lie i'll I'll be rooting for them that would be really cool to see an mls team lift the trophy
0: the question that came out of this though was from christian he said who's the next big name in the americas to make the jump to europe
1: I love the way Christian phrased this because he said the Americas, so we can go like <laughs> all the way from Canada down to like Patagonia, Argentina. Like right. we can I do have one in mind. Um a couple, but this one I think is is the most exciting potentially. Um there is an attacker who plays for Velez Sarsfield named um Thiago Amada who I think is destined for, for big things. And he's already being um, lined up for a potential transfer by the likes of Manchester city, uh, Manchester United sides like that. Um, Velez in general, you know, they put out a bunch of talent um, and uh, he's just the latest in their, uh, their, their, factory line I guess you could say um he's only 19 20 years old so um he's an attacking midfielder can also play um on the wings I think on the left more often than not and I mean it's always a little bit scary when someone is dubbed the next you know Messi but I think he really is uh talented and I think it's only uh a matter of time before he makes the jump to to a bigger league or a bigger club um but uh what about you Phil? What you, you got anyone in in the Americas who's who's interesting to you?
0: I'm I'm going to give I'm going to give the people what they want. Okay. I'm going to no, for those uh El Pasoans, um I don't know that he's the next big name. I don't know that he's even counts as a big name, but um I saw today rumors surrounding one El Pasoan named Ricardo Pepe
1: hey.
0: who is apparently being scouted um, by Juve. I think because of the connection with Weston McKinney, uh and FC Dallas mm. they have some sort of like pipeline or whatever um, but the bottom line is um I think he I think he could I think he could make the jump if he does it soon enough. He could get to Europe and like start doing the the same kind of thing as Pulisic and Tyler Adams and like these players who got to the academies and got in and started working their way up. So I just hope he doesn't spend too much time in MLS before he takes his shot at uh at doing something overseas um because i think that'll be best for his development but um but i don't know
1: that would be seeing lit. that rumor though
0: was cool if he ends up at uve that would be awesome
1: yo west mckinney putting in some scouting work i like <laughs> it <laughs> oh man that would be really cool um would definitely follow his I mean I already do follow his career with interest but for it to see him kind of leap over the pond would be awesome awesome for El Paso and and for you know potentially the U.S. men's national team of course
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's always cool to see that stuff um well Mika um each week we do our our sounds of the season podcast editions um and so we do two songs piece for, um, the playlist. What, uh, do you have songs for our playlist that you can find on Spotify if you search sounds of the season and you can follow and listen along, um, to our hardcore football podcast or, uh, playlist. But do you have, uh, anything for, uh, this, this edition, Mika?
1: I do. I do. Um, So the first one that I mean, I'm just going to keep picking like angry songs that that I'm (laughs) directing at Arsenal until they win. Um, And this one is uh, Brick Wall by A Day to Remember. Nice. Uh, A newer A Day to Remember song, but a a good one nonetheless. Um, uh, Yeah, just a really good song. Go listen to it. And then the other one that um, is more like how I feel just in general, because of the barrage of <laughs> soccer. <laughs> so many pictures is is uh, Overthinking by Hands Like Houses. Just a oh, good song as nice. well. Um, an Aussie band. I mm-hmm. uh, feel like they needed to be on the playlist. So those are my two for the week. What about you, Phil?
0: Um, quick note about Hands Like Houses. I saw them in El Paso once, actually.
1: Oh, no way. They came here?
0: Yeah. it was, was that? It would have been... 2012?
1: Oh, shit.
0: Or... 13? No. It couldn't have been play? 13. It would have been 2012. They played <laughs> in, like, a church on... I al- knew you were on, gonna say that. On Alabama? <laughs> like Church
1: shows are fucking lit, though.
0: <laughs> like. Absolutely. It was, like, when... So, I can't remember how I even heard about it. It was like someone was handing out tickets or something or like I I must have seen it online. And then because there's a bunch of like production and like booking companies um, and it was some I say company. It's some guy or whatever, (laughs) like running it out of this church. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a bunch of local like openers and then and then Hands Like Houses played. And I was just like, why why is this happening? I have no idea. But they were still like they had only they only had the one album and they were, you know, they were like brand new in yeah. the States at least. So um that show That's was awesome. lit though. Yeah. It was that was pretty awesome. Um <laughs> so my first song um is by a band called uh Chasing Safety. Um and it's called Shadowed by a Storm. And it's because, like, I picked it because, you know, when you're going through a bad time, you're, like, shadowed by a storm. Ah, uh, like,
1: yes. That sort of thing.
0: <laughs> so that's for you. So Oh, thanks. You know, I just want to, like, show my support. Um, <laughs> and uh, it also, like, it's one of those that's really... um, I mean, I guess I all of mine are kind of like this, but you songs that are heavy, but have like a really cool, like melodic element to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's one for me. And then the other one, I'm like thinking about changing now. Cause I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about these like small shows. Um, and just like I'm thinking what I've like, experienced in that setting um so i'm gonna
1: going for the audible
0: i'm gonna audible because (laughs) i want to shout out another show another show that i i actually went to in el paso i think we talked about this um maybe early on like not on the podcast but uh but before um i'm going to I'm gonna go with the chariot, um, which I saw in a church in El Paso on their like farewell tour.
1: <laughs> that checks out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with the with the most intense one and just go back to back um by the chariot. Okay. And uh that one's like very quick, hits our but anyways, like that always reminds me of it was just like they weren't even on the stage they were just like in the middle of everyone and just like
1: oh like level with the crowd yeah <laughs> like, and it was like, just yes. madness
0: like everyone was just going absolutely ape shit for the whole time so yeah it was that was cool so i'm going with that back to back by the chariot
1: that is awesome so yeah Awesome. All right. They're on the playlist guys. It's a good little playlist about three hours of music. So
0: yeah, nice little road trip playlist. If you're going anywhere for the holidays, um, driving or, or whatever, um, got a little nice little accompaniment here. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, if you like that, you can you can subscribe or or follow that on Spotify and you can also subscribe to the podcast on on pretty much all the platforms. Um, And if the platform allows you you to rate and review our podcast, our core football, we'd really appreciate it Um, because it does it does uh, help get visibility to the podcast when it has more reviews. So um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, it it's uh a big one as per usual and it and they will get they will get worse because there there's going to be even more going on between you know as soon as christmas is over it's it boxing day and all of that there's going to be loads and loads that's going on the narratives will keep building and building and we'll just uh we'll just have more and more to talk about um so be sure to to follow the podcast um on your platform of choice And uh, if there is somewhere that you listen to it and you're like or that you would like to listen to it and you're like, I can't find it on this platform, um, then let us know and we'll make sure it gets there. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I hope uh, everyone has a a safe and and happy holiday um, as we head into the uh, the Christmas period and the and the new year and uh, look forward to hopefully uh, talking after after the holidays, and we'll see you then.
1: See ya.